Glenn. This theme is just, it, it's too good. It, it, it really is amazing. You know, Bobby Roode is all, always great, but given that theme, and man, so good. And it keeps not, going. I, you know, I, I don't know why, but I wasn't familiar with it. And honestly, it is really phenomenal. <laughs> it, oh, and it keeps going. Like, they, they add some more lyrics to it. It's just, it's really, really good. I, I've, I've basically made it my alarm at this point because it, it, it's, it's amazing. It, it's definitely my, I wake up, I listen to it, and I just feel, I feel glorious. Well, I don't, so <laughs> I appreciate you giving that to me to try to make me feel somewhat better. Oh, my. Hey, what's going on, pal? Uh, I'm pretty good. Probably a little bit better than you are. Okay, so here's the deal. What is this, episode 74 of Jobbing Out? I is believe that... that sounds right, episode 74. Okay, so um, I'm not there, obviously. Uh, you can tell that by the fact that I don't sound good. I sound like I'm in an attic at my house. Uh, hoping to not wake up my sleeping baby. All of that's true. Um, Aaron is in a studio, and AJ is trying to make a football team. So the reality for us this week is that there was no real time that was going to work for us all to do the show together. And so AJ kind of said, there's really no time that's going to work for me at all. Sorry, love you. But, you know, he actually wants to make the football team. and Selfish. We want, Selfish yeah, bastard. Yeah, what a what a dick. I mean, what a dick. No, we wanted to make the football team too because it's important for us to be able to um, mooch off that publicity. So, and I want tickets later on this season. So. Oh, right. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. You know, like you're obsessed with the Buccaneers. That's true. So, uh, AJ Francis, our normal third host, is not here. He's uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, getting ready to play the Philadelphia Eagles. His suggestion was that we came up and recorded the show at the team hotel, which was a very generous suggestion. Um, unfortunately, I am going to Myrtle Beach. So really, this is all my fault. Pretty much. Um, you're, you're, you're just an asshole. Yeah, I ruined everything. God. That's okay. Like, I, I can live with that. I can And to go to it. Myrtle Beach, really? I know, right? Of what all places, day. Myrtle Beach. What's wrong with Myrtle Beach? I don't know. Last time I went there, it was, you know, very... You know what? Lot, lot... It, what I'm worried about, I've only been once before, and I was in college, and I don't remember any of it, because apparently I just got drunk the entire time I was that there. That sounds like Myrtle Beach to me. Right. Okay. So I'm worried. Like, I, I, I'm assuming that what I'm going to walk into is just going to be like Ocean City South. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm going to I'm going to say, yeah, it's Ocean City with a South Carolina twist. Well, that means probably some decent food, at least. I didn't do too much food there, to be to be All fair. Right. I, I was kind of in the same situation. I, I was a little beyond college, but still I went out. I went there pretty much to get drunk. And I did. <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, I mean, I unfortunately probably won't be doing a lot of that considering my life situation. If you listened to last week's show, you know that I uh, developed a kidney stone, and that sucks, but the one good part is they said, hey, once it's out, it's out, no problem, you know? I'm like, all right, good deal. And so they said, it'll be out within five days, no worries. Well, um, today is day seven, and uh, the crazy thing, I still have the goddamn kidney stone. This is like a baby coming out late, man. What's going on? Yeah, it's not okay. It's not. It's just not okay. So I'm getting on a plane tomorrow to go to Myrtle Beach. We're flying down. We, we, you know, for those that aren't from this area, Myrtle Beach is in South Carolina. We're in Maryland. I mean, we, you could drive it, but we got a baby. We're flying down. So um, I don't want to end up passing the kidney stone on the plane <laughs> like that. Oh, would, that would be a great bit. That would be an would, awesome no, it bit. Wouldn't, it would suck ass. So I don't like peeing on a plane. Like I refuse to use bathrooms on planes. Like I, I don't eat when I, before I get on a plane, I don't drink. I don't do any of that stuff. Cause I just plane bathrooms are just the fucking worst. So I don't do it. 
So um, I decided I needed to kind of go out guns blazing the night in my attempts to get this kidney stone out of me. So I called some people in the know and they made some suggestions. And Aaron, I've got uh, something delightful for you to uh, share here. I'm going to do this on uh, on Skype. And so I don't know how it'll sound. But one of the suggestions that was made, in addition to upping the dosage of Flomax that I'm taking. Flomax, which, that's a good name. Yeah, right. Um, I've been pounding 32 ounce Gatorades and, um, I, I gotta be honest, I, I, I literally got enough Gatorade to like get me through to when we left for Myrtle beach, but I'm down to the last few like flavors that I purposely avoided. You know, when you go to the fridge and you got all the choices and you're like, mm, I'll leave that one for, for future Glenn, of you course, know, like current Glenn, I'll take the red one because the red one's delicious. I, uh, I'm down to like melon. Flavored Gatorade. Ooh, why do you have melon flavored Gatorade? Did, I don't know. Did you just I buy think, a variety pack or something like that? Well, I really, I think I told you guys, like they were on sale ten for ten. Right. So I just bought like a hundred, and I just literally like you, scooped, you didn't look at the flavor. No, I just pushed them all into a cart, and I said I'm going to buy all of these. And I think maybe I looked at it, and it's a similar color to the strawberry watermelon, which is actually delicious. Um, but this is Gatorade Melon, and it sucks ass. Like, I, I love you, Gatorade. You make wonderful products. This is not one of them. This is horrendous. So let me take a sip of this real quick, and then we'll get to the other fun part. Mm. Yeah, it's no good. Um, so the other fun part is that one of the suggestions that was made to me about how I could maybe force out a little more um, uh, pee, be a little bit, a bit more forceful with it this evening, was if I did shots of a particular beverage, non-alcoholic. Oh, boo. Um, I, I was going to say, this show's going to get really fun if you were going to yeah. start taking shots during it. Aaron, a liquid substance, um, non-alcoholic, that someone might suggest you do shots of. You want to venture a guess? A liquid substance? That, is this like a normal something you drink, or is it... No. <laughs> uh... uh, 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 uh I mean, I'm guessing it's not Ipecac, but like... Now, now let me tell you, though, I'm a big fan of this particular taste. Like, I'm a big, big fan of this product, but don't think I will be after tonight. Um, ejaculation? I mean, I don't know. Mm. Ah, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. That was, that was a good guess. Um... I wish that I could tell you this is the first time I've done a shot of this, but the last time I did a shot of it, I was already about three beers into my morning, and we were using it as a significant part of the base for a pig. That would be apple cider vinegar. Doing shots of it. Doing shots of apple cider, cider vinegar. Wait, you know what? That just sounds... Glorious! <laughs> oh, I'm doing that all show. I'm doing yeah, that all show you? long. All right, so um, you know, enjoy with me here as I uh, I do another shot of apple effing cider vinegar. Bottoms up, okay? Here we go. Mm. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! This is either oh. the best or worst show we've ever done already. Oh my god! So. I'm going to tell you about apple cider vinegar. Tell me about it. It's a really delicious flavor when mixed with eight other things. I was going to say, apple, you know, nice. Not not something I would want in uh, strong doses. You know you know how bad that is? I'm going to wash it down with melon Gatorade. Mmm. <laughs> Boy, that is still terrible. Okay. Um. So to repeat, 
this is the worst night ever. <laughs> like, and we're doing is, a podcast. Yeah, this is just the suckiest night that ever did suck. And at any point, I might have to get up to either just pee again or maybe pass a kidney stone. You're going to bring so, the uh, mic with you? Uh, I'll do my best. This is the other problem is that I, I'm in my study. That's what I'm calling the attic now is my study. Sounds about right. It, I was going to call it my office, but it, it feels more like a study to me. You know, like I'm, I'm going with study. Okay. There is no bathroom on the, uh, the third floor of the, the house. Oh, that's always good. Yeah, so when I have to pee, I have to run down to the second floor, which is where my wife and my boy are sleeping. And you have to hope not to wake them up. Yeah, well, I don't really care if I wake her up because... Well, you know, him, I yeah, meant. That, that, you're right. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, this is the worst. This is just the worst, man. And um, I'm glad to be. I'm glad to have you along for it. I appreciate this. Well, I'm really, going to enjoy really tonight really a lot. I, I really think I'm going to enjoy this. So uh, you've got uh, – you're going to talk to – I'm, I'm going to uh, check out the, to pee for a little while, but you're going to talk to a great guest a little bit later on in the show. Absolutely. Uh, wrestling journalism legend Bill Apter. Dave Meltzer is obviously kind of the godfather of wrestling journalists. Even you know that. Bill Apter, though – What does that mean, even I know that? Like I'm a big dummy that doesn't know things? Yes. That's oh, exactly fine. what I'm insinuating. Fair enough. Yeah, you know. But uh, you've heard of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, right? The PWI 500? Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's called the Aptor Mag. That, that's the name that's been given to it, because that's huh. Bill Aptor's baby. It is, you know, if Meltzer took it and tried to bust down that fourth wall and break kayfabe, Bill Aptor became a great le- legendary wrestling journalist by keeping it in the box as much as he could and just writing about it as if kayfabe was real. And, uh... Should be interesting. Should be a real interesting talk with him. I know you didn't see much of SmackDown, so I'll definitely talk SmackDown with him. I'll talk, you know, everything that's going on and just kind of get his sense on what he likes and doesn't like about the industry. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, by the way, I'm Glenn Clark, and that's Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. Um, unfortunately, we are taping on Tuesday night, and I literally just got home at 10 o'clock, and so I saw zero of SmackDown. So Aaron will have to tell me a little bit about it. And, um, you know, I... I, I let me get into let me get into something real quick because I don't again I'm saying this not knowing at all how SmackDown went. Um, this was officially the week where I went from being super geeked up to feeling like pre brand extension pro wrestling. It, Raw was weak. I, I thought SmackDown was a little bit better than Raw. It's still. Did, I guess here's the question: Did you like SmackDown last week? I mostly liked SmackDown last week. Yeah, I think so. It, it was very much just kind of the same formula, but they just, you know, advanced some of the storylines on SmackDown. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I there's, there's a couple things here. One, there's a lot of time between before a pay-per-view, and that's one of the issues that no matter what you're doing in wrestling, there's just not a lot of ways to get around that. When you have five weeks before pay-per-view – it's hard. But they didn't have four, five weeks. It was a four-week. Was it a four-week? Wasn't it? Because, let's see. Is this the third week? Maybe yeah, this is right. the third Maybe. week. Yeah, it was only a four-week uh, stretch. It wasn't one of the really long ones. Man. Man. <laughs> well. That makes it sound even worse, huh? It does make it even worse. It does make it even worse. I Look, I I, I still like the brain extension. I, I do think that they're making a mistake by... We, and I get it. We talked about it last week. I didn't really have beef last week with the Lesnar Orton stuff. You know what I mean? Like it was mm-hmm. a very unique circumstance. 
I thought it was a mistake to continue it this week by having Daniel Bryan. I thought I just thought it was a mistake to continuously put guys on other shows. I I you're you're only a few weeks into this and you're trying to convince people that the only place you can see them is on one show. I, I'm Stop. okay. I'm I'm okay with doing it with Daniel Bryan. I'm with, okay with the authority figures going back and forth yeah, a little I, bit, especially I, when you use it in the way. I liked what they did with kind of teasing. Hey, Daniel Bryan is there, yeah, to confront Mick a little bit, but he's also there to try to poach some talent, and I kind of liked that. Yeah. Um. I I guess I I got to see where you're going from there. You know what I mean? The, like that's the, part of the issue. Now it's, the interesting thing was I, I don't know if you saw this and you were on Twitter or anything. But during commercials and during the dark match, John Cena and AJ Styles came out during a commercial break. And the really? dark match was Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt on Raw, oh. which was, again, you know, meaningless as far as the television program goes. Right. But it's just interesting that they felt the need to do that. Yeah, and that's I, it's what always concerns me. Look, I, this is I say it concerns me. I've told you a million times. This isn't going to work. They're, I'm ultimately, you're going to see guys on each other's shows. It's just the it's going to happen and it's going to happen fairly quickly. I just, I kind of wish it wasn't happening in the first three weeks. I, I was willing to give it a pass over Lesnar and Orton. I didn't like it continuing. I just, it, it shows to me that you're, that there's a struggle with just being able to write quality content for the guys that you have on the show. That's not a good sign for me. It's not, you've got too much talent. And this is always what I'm worried about when we do one of these things that I say, you know, like you you have you have so much at your disposal. The writing seems to be the problem. Well, it always and, is. It's it, from day you know. For anytime there's a problem, it's very rarely the big problems come from the the superstars. It's the writing. It's always been the writing. Yeah, that's probably true. By the and way, I'm watching uh, Simone Biles right now, and she could you imagine her in the ring? Yeah, she'd be great. Oh she'd my be god, really great, she'd be she? amazing. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, who's more over, Enzo Amore or Lily King? Well, the answer is Lily King to everything. Yeah, like, WWE needs to send her a U.S. title belt. Yeah, that's obvious. Really, really smart. That's really a good idea. But um, you know, I, I'm trying not to complain about it too much because it's been really good, and because I assume that that SmackDown or sorry that SummerSlam will be good, and the week leading up to SummerSlam will be good. And I know that you're up against the Olympics this week, and maybe that's a tough sell in the writer's room, right? Like maybe in the writer's room, you just didn't have juice for this week because you knew you're going to kind of get crushed ratings-wise, even though I get that the Olympics are, are more of a female demographic than they are, um, you know, like a football game that you'd be up against. But it's still – the Olympics pull in a little bit of everybody, so I have no doubt that it was a ratings issue for them this week. And so maybe they just didn't feel juice uh, this week because of the Olympics it might be the case again next week, but they do at least have Lesnar coming on Monday night. I was going to say they better feel juice next week considering it's the go home show. Yeah, they, they need to feel more juice than, than was on display this week. This just didn't. And again, I'm, I'm saying this having only watched Raw. I just didn't. It did not still feel big and it did not still feel like it mattered the way the first couple of weeks really matter but like you you weren't to, so to, to be fair you weren't matching the level of intensity of the first week or two like it just it was impossible because they made it feel like some of the biggest shows that raw has had in the past few years yeah i just maybe i wish that they would have have have, have thought ahead written ahead to stretch some things out you know what i mean like what what are we going to plan for week three okay and in, in the first two weeks we're going to establish we have a new belt we're going to establish that we have 
a new pecking order. We're going to make Finn Balor our number one contender. Like those are some crazy things. But what could we have maybe stretched out to week three that we didn't also need in week one? You know what I mean? Like I get yeah, it. They, we- they, they definitely felt like they had rushed things because they wanted to make those first couple weeks big. Really big. So they rushed a few things. They wanted to get things up. And maybe they were thinking about the Olympics saying, hey, we need to get these done before the Olympics. We don't that want to. That might be to. true. You might be right about that. And if that's the case, you know, some credit to, you know, the acknowledging that and just saying, hey, look, we're not going to be able to beat this no matter what. So let's just sort of live with it. But again, you're up against the Olympics again next week. And, and arguably, because next week you're up against track and field, which I think is a little bit more um male interest than perhaps you know gymnastics but swimming Sw- i don't know no, which yeah. is bigger at this point swimming or gym we, yeah, we actually, yeah. i actually had this uh talk on one of our shows uh this afternoon which was bigger right now track or field track and field and swimming and well i think that tra- like the you know the sprints might mm-hmm. be the well, premier sport. Up against i think the 100 meter dash is like monday yeah so you, you know but at the same time there's no one you know yes there there's gallon but usain bolt's the big well, one usain like, bolt's an international star but but you were going up against phelps you were going uh, up against ledecky yeah. you were going up against you know as well, it turned I mean, out lily king was a huge swimming thing for a medal you know what i mean like they're both swimming in the semifinals. um i don't know look i i don't know i, I don't have the answer to any of this and and i i can't I, I also keep in mind those two names are bigger in our area because they're from here. You know what I mean? Like that. that Crab does, cakes and swimming. Not, that's what Maryland does. Right. Right. Not to say that they're not a big deal. Like I'm not doubting they're probably a very big deal in San Diego as well. And what's what's the impact of like in San Diego? Both shows are showed on tape delay. Like the Olympics are on tape delay and Raw's on right. tape. Delay. I don't know. I couldn't tell you any of these answers. I don't have them. I haven't studied them enough. But I, it clearly plays some sort of role in the decision making process. I just wish that you would have saved something that felt like it mattered. Like on Monday night, I, it just didn't really feel like any of what I was watching. Maybe save Reigns for, for that, like that reveal yeah. of who is going to face Rusev. But everything was just kind of, hey, we established this last week and we're going to solidify it here from, you know, Jericho and Kevin Owens teaming up, which, you know, is going to be amazing. And the segment right. was great. But we knew that. But we, exactly. And that's the thing. Knowing it. Yeah, they right. made it official this week, but. You watched last week and knew exactly what you were getting at SummerSlam. There was right. no question about it. Exactly. And so, I, you know, the, that's that's what it is. I, you know, I think they got to have a conversation with Enzo about and Cass about gay jokes. Like, I just think that's a conversation that has to happen. Like, I, I, I get it that I'm not I'm not saying that um, there aren't a group of people that are professional wrestling fans that find them funny. But I think there are more and more people that are kind of turned off by it. And honestly, like it, it, it didn't work for me on Monday night. Like it left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, I, I, it's a real, like, you know, real talk, hot take alert, right? Like I, I don't think you can have your faces making gay jokes in 2016. I, I think it not only does it not work. It's Vince. It's Vince. Vince has always found, you know, toilet humor and gay jokes hilarious. And and again, I think you can still get away with a certain level of toilet humor and penis jokes. I still think you can do a certain amount of that. Again, I look, I know I've made fun of some of them. Right. But I I don't think it's made it made it worse. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think less of Roman Reigns because he made a a testicle joke. Um, I just didn't. It didn't hit. You know, I I didn't think it worked. I think less of you by making gay, gay jokes. You know what I mean? And I, that's my issue. Like, I'm I'm less inclined to like you as a as a performer 
because you're making gay jokes. And and I maybe I'm alone on that island, right? Like maybe I'm 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 the You're the, definitely the, not alone on that island. I just wonder what percentage of the crowd cares. I I, I really do wonder cuz you know, you go you look through it overwhelmingly people love the promo. Well, people love Enzo and Cass. And then and that's think, that's the thing is that they could probably pretty much say anything and people yeah, but love it. I guess my warning would be if you continue, if that's the continued path that you go, that will, I think, that you'll find more people that will end up being turned off by it. It's That'll possible. say, you got to have material besides gay jokes. You just have to. You, you can't keep going back to that because it, it doesn't make you a face. And frankly, like, at some point, I think someone kind of goes kayfabe and... You know, when you when you're allowing wrestlers to improv a little bit, I think at some point you you end up exposing yourself a little bit because a wrestler improving ends up saying something like, "Well, yeah, so what?" You know what I mean? And then you your 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 face looks dumb in the process. Yeah. So it, it's just it's a nitpicking thing. It's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world, and it's not like there appears to be pitchforks and and the outrage crew is out, but it's something that I noticed on Monday night, and, and in part because of how much I love Enzo and Cass. I hope that someone sort of grabs everyone involved in the process and says, nah, that was dumb. That was dumb. We need to, we need to work. We're better than that. You, you know, we have too much, too much talent here, too much ability. The, the gay jokes just, they're not, they're not funny. You know what I mean? Like you, you just look dumb in the process. That's all. So it's a nitpicky thing. But other than that on Monday night, um, you know, Finn's promo was good. What, what, did, what did you uh, think of that? The uh, just kind of taking the the real mytholo- mythological uh, backstory to everything. I I don't think we've learned enough about Finn on the main roster yet. So well, that I, this is something new. Like the one thing that's always been interesting about the presentation of Finn Balor is he's very you know from from day one. Like the the moment we heard the name Finn Balor, we heard like not pre- presented on TV. But we we saw in articles and stuff like that why he chose that name with the with the mythological background. We never really knew, you know, he never really brought the mythological aspect into it. We knew the demon was a thing. We didn't know why the demon was a thing. It was just okay. something that came out. So I thought it was really interesting that they really hard say, "Here's the demon. This is why he's coming out. This is the backstory to it." And I like that. They, and they, I think they, it's great. I think it's they great. They really needed to introduce the demon more than anything else. Yes. Yeah. That that's that's really what they needed to do. Now the fact they ended up giving more of a backstory that's that's great, but they they had to introduce the demon because again for the main roster we don't know anything about the demon. We 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 don't really know much about Finn Balor. It, I, well, like, but but that's the thing as far as the demon goes. NXT didn't know. They never at no point did they explain the demon. We were at least but, aware of the existence right, of the demon. We right. saw the face paint. We saw. Right. We, we we knew that Finn Balor could become the demon. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I thought it was great, especially because I I'm a I'm a mythology mark. So I I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Is it a little bit over the top? Oh yeah, sure. It's definitely yeah, a little bit over the top. But it you know the demon as a whole is uh, over the top. I right. did like how they had to add. Just, just so he doesn't get confused with Kane, he is now the Demon King. He's not just the Demon anymore. Oh, that's yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's funny. Of um, course, the Demon King does sound a little bit like the Demon Kane. It does. It almost sounds exactly like the Demon Kane <laughs> when you think about it. But um, yeah, yeah. Look, in general, I thought it was a good promo. I, you know, but it, when I say it's a good promo, I don't know that I really felt afterwards like whoa, you know, like that was big, um, which was. Just my general takeaway from Raw. My general takeaway from Raw was that happened. You know what I mean? And and I've felt 
I, I here's what I'll say, and 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 this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment in a way it is, but it, it's better than no compliment, I guess. Um, there's been a lot of shows this year on Raw that I didn't even feel like were were okay, or that like there were a lot of shows this year that I simply felt like weren't any good at all. This, by default. Was an improvement on that, yes. right? Like, it's an improvement. Well, to... it's a letdown because of the last two weeks. If you can compare it to the average Raw this year, it's at worst an average Raw, if not better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. And um, I, 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 I don't, I guess my concern is what happens after SummerSlam. Because SummerSlam really matters now you're getting into a time where you're going to be having brand specific pay-per-views where you're trying to create a lot of storylines on one show in order to carry a pay-per-view, right? Like right. are they ready to to produce that amount of content? And and I feel like they are I don't know if they are ready to completely do that, but I do like the fact that it does seem like in addition to setting up some SummerSlam storylines, some SummerSlam Things, it seems like they are trying to, especially on the SmackDown side, kind of set things in place like, hey, once SummerSlam is over, this is where we're heading. I know I, I really think the Eva Marie situation yeah. is, isn't going I, to be for SummerSlam. Okay. So, uh, it, basically, oh, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it was uh, more or less the same thing as last week. She was supposed to come out uh, to face Becky, then all of a sudden she had a wardrobe malfunction, had to go to the back so she didn't uh, compete again, mm. and then later came back out, and, and they, yeah. they did the whole intro again, because... Uh, Becky had ended up facing Alexa Bliss, so she came back out to uh, distract Becky. Okay, I mean, it, it was it was. I mean, what they're doing is they're they're making it clear that you know she's there, she wants the fame, she wants the entrance, the 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 adulation, but she doesn't want anything to do with getting in the ring. That that's the story they're right. trying to tell. It is, uh, and and you will appreciate this. I compared it to this on Twitter. Remember the episode of Boy Meets World where uh, Corey and Sean started the band. Yes, of course. Where where it was, they were doing it to pick up the chicks, chicks but the, right. their one rule with the band was, we never play. Yep, yep. That's Eva Marie. Okay, that's fine. Boy Meets World is a sitcom. Well, SmackDown's it, a wrestling show. Well, is that not a... There's a lot I, of sitcom elements I hear you. in wrestling. And, and, and sitcom-type stuff can be good on your wrestling show, but if she's involved in a feud that's supposed to be a significant feud I, I i don't know how you're getting there without wrestling um eventually you will get there with wrestling eventually well, and, she has to wrestle and that's the, that's and the big that's the biggest issue that faces eva marie because eva marie can't wrestle could you imagine if she's the first smackdown women's champion that that's uh, a very real situation right now that we're looking at well do we know yet there's going to be a smackdown women's champion we don't know but Again, right, what are they doing if sense. not? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, I <laughs> no is the answer. I I can't, I I can't stomach the thought that they would do that. But at the same time, I get it. It would be an ultimate heel move. It, it would and, it would be you know putting the top heel in the business on. I I hear you. I, I as I keep trying to tell you, to me, there's a big, big difference. difference. You think she's getting X Pac heat? She's getting turn off I, the TV. Heat. I don't yeah. think she's getting heel heat. I don't think this yeah. is good. I don't think she's getting heat because she's doing her job well. I think this is a real problem of you're you're making us want to turn off the TV when she's around. This isn't. We, we 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 hate her so much that we like her. 
this is this is bullshit that you keep putting this on my television screen. And that's a different problem that I don't know how to define. You know, you say X Pac Heat, but you know, I, I, I think it's I think it's even a little bit different than that. I think it's not a personal we hate you. I think it's now a we not we hate her so much that it's the, the it it pisses us off the the program. You right. know what I mean? No, like I, the, I know what you're saying. I I right now it's not to that point. Could it very easily get to that point? Yes. I think it could get to that point if you really think that Eva Marie should be working a, a significant program. You know what I mean? Like, if you really are sticking Eva Marie in a women's championship match... Which, I mean, right now, that's sure as hell what it seems like. If well, not the championship match, it's the top feud in the women's division on SmackDown. But it's also not really a feud yet, either. Well, I mean, I mean now now it is, because you've had two weeks of of Becky, and then Becky cut a promo after it, she's, and she said, you know... I'm a fight. I'm a fighter. I don't get here just to, you know, I would fight through injuries. I would fight through wardrobe malfunctions. It doesn't matter. And then, uh, Eva came back out and distracted and cost, uh, Becky a loss or cost her a win, you know, g- gave her a loss. So that's a feud. That's a feud. I, that's the type of thing that makes me turn the TV off. And, and I'm, and I'm saying that in a, I'm not trying to be a dick. And I know that it sucks when, when fans try to hijack a show and I get that, but if you're really going to walk into a program or in a, a TV show that has Becky Lynch and Natalia, and you're going to have Eva Marie be involved in your first championship feud, that's the type of thing that when she comes on, I'm going to turn the TV off or I'm going to change the channel because this isn't a joke. This isn't a bit. You do a wrestling show. Um, it's when you want to have Shaq involved, like it's funny. You know what I mean? Because it's a one-time thing, right? You know what you're getting. There, there has to be an inherent agreement between the viewers of the program and the, the people that make the program that you're going to get wrestling. You're going to get it. And unless I'm missing something, and if I am, I will be the first to apologize for it. If Eva Marie has learned how to put consecutive wrestling moves together and she can competently make her way through a, a match, I will be happy to apologize for this. But right now, knowing what I know of Eva Marie this is an embarrassment. This is a slap in my face. This isn't a, a heel move. This isn't look at what a great heel even Marie is. This is a slap in my face that I like wrestling and this, we're going to do this to you. You like wrestling, but we're so hell bent on trying to make this person a celebrity. We're so hell bent on trying to get Maxim magazine to include us. We're so hell bent on is Maxim magazine. On, still a thing. I don't know, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't get it. I get it. We're so hellbent on that that we are going to em- embarrass and and laugh at you, spit in your face as a wrestling fan. That ugh. you want to put her on the show and you want to have her do these stupid bits and you want to do that type of stuff. It's not for me, but it's not the worst, right? Like I get it. You're doing a bit. You're you're trying to. It's fine. Yep. It all changes if you're saying we're going to create a women's championship and we're going to have performers and women's wrestling matters. And then you're going to give Eva Marie the opportunity. That's not funny. It's not cute. It's not any of those things. It's a slap in my face as a wrestling fan. Unless, of course, she suddenly actually learned how to be a wrestler. Not she's better than she was. Not, you know, she can perform a move or two. She can climb up. Not, Not any of that. She can wrestle at a competent level. 
that's somewhere near, anywhere near the other female or, performers or, on the show. Or I, w- I will say this: if you give her a bodyguard and you you are able to mask it because of that, you know, something in that situation, I think that's okay too. No, I disagree. It comes off as David Arquette winning a championship. I don't think so. I don't think so. If you if you really sell that she is winning because of outside forces, and again, she has to. She has to be better than she was. I'm not saying that she can be not more than one move, but she has to be at least a little bit better than she was. And you sell it where, you know, she's not winning because of wrestling. She's winning because, you know, that's why the Nia Jax pairing I thought was very good. Right. Um, but, it, but obviously Nia Jax is on the other show. You can't do that, right? But something similar. But I, I hear what you're saying. She it, it has to start with her being better. Oh yes, she has like, to be better. I'm not saying she can be no on the level. But she, Eva Marie should you are, be allowed you are, to be a comp, like a part of the right. female wrestling program, right. And not be able to string consecutive moves together. Right. You have to be. She absolutely has to be better. I'm just. I'm disagreeing with your take that she has to be, at least getting to. You know, you said, oh, she can't just be better. She has to actually be. You know. A decent wrestler. I, I'm disagreeing with that. Well, I again, I, I don't. I think we're splitting hairs here right now. Um, I get that she's even a better Eva Marie is still the worst by far of all of the performers on the card, right? Like that's that's not that's not close. And I'm okay with bad performers as long as they're not insultingly bad. And that's the problem is that even a better Eva Marie could still be insultingly bad. And that's it. Like, I think she has to get to Summer Rae level. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... I, I think Summer Rae right now, I actually like Summer Rae a lot, but I think that she's generally considered to be her... Or, yeah, pretty much it's it's her is considered, as far as the, you know, people who somewhat regularly wrestle. Right. She's kind of considered to be the bottom of that. Yeah, and I would it, probably agree with that. And and if, if she can get to Summer's level, I have no problem with her. If, if they If they tell a good story in doing it. Okay, but she hasn't been at summer race level. Oh, I know. Like I said, she has to get better. That, she that, absolutely that, has that to get better. That involves a fairly significant amount of improvement just to get the summer race level. Yeah, and granted, and, we haven't seen her in six months. We really haven't. When she, was when did we go to the Philly show? Six months ago. Was it really yeah. February? It February? I don't feel like it was that cold outside. I think it was actually just kind of a nice night, but was it? Right. I don't know. I'll believe you. I thought it was. After it that, was. So. It was. It was definitely February sometime. All right. I'll believe you. So yeah, that's six months. That's fine. But all I heard about was how much improved she was, you know, leading into that, and and maybe she was. Like I'm not. I don't know where how exactly bad it was, but when I saw her that night, that was not a competent. There, there was. She was. About she. That. She was. Bad before, like beyond bad. Well, I know how bad she was once upon a time. You know what I mean? Like, I know that. What I'm saying is when she got back down to NXT, I – the championship match that she got, they were trying to sell that she was good and that she, you know, was was plausible in a championship match. I saw the match. She wasn't. She she was not plausible. She was horrendous. And – they're flirting with disaster here, and and I don't know. There are other attractive females. I get it. Even uh, even Marie is very attractive. I understand that. By the way, you can get her a job as a ring announcer. You can keep her in your company and still have she her. She was be great a, as a valet. She was fantastic as a heel valet. I think that's a great role for yeah. Eva Marie. But this is 
you, you there has to be a bare bottom level. I agree with you that I can be respected as a wrestling fan. You can't spit in my face. This is the David Arquette thing, right? Like there are people that still to this day say, "Come on, you're a wrestling fan. Are you really that offended by David Arquette?" Yes, I'm that offended by it. I'm that offended by any time you try to sell me on the idea that someone is a wrestler that isn't a wrestler. You can't do that. Now I get it. The David Arquette thing was very quick and they were trying to capture, you know what I mean? Like truth be told, the David Arquette thing in comparison to to this might not even be the worst because they're not really trying to convince you that David Arquette was a wrestler. He beat Eric Bischoff for the title. Right. You know what I mean? They're trying to tell you that this person is a performer on the show. It was a venture, so one of the two. Uh, I I can't remember off the top of my head. I really can't. It was that. But th- yeah. this is somebody you're trying to convince me is a performer on your program. That person has to be able to wrestle at a competent level. And if they can't, it, uh, th- there's a real issue that makes me say, I don't know that I can watch your programming. It's It's that difficult for me. You can't do that here. Um, it's the same issue, truth be told, and I get it, what somebody's going to say, one's a sport, one isn't, but it's the, the CM Punk problem in the UFC, right? Like Someone actually tweeted that out, that uh, Eva Marie's gimmick is actually just CM Punk's gimmick in UFC, always finding ways to back off a fight. I mean, it's <laughs> a reasonable comparison, but the, but the point being, like, the, the UFC thinks they have nothing to lose by having CM Punk go out there, right? Like, what... What do you have to lose? You're going to get more eyeballs on your fight, except they do have something to lose because there are people that passionately care about the sport of mixed martial arts. I get it. There's far more people that just want to put on an Ed Hardy shirt and, you know, go watch fights. I'm, I'm not trying to say that it's it's a group of people. It's it's like baseball, right? People that get pissed off at Bryce Harper. There is that group of people, and you do risk alienating them by doing all of these sideshow things. You do risk alienating those people by putting CM Punk on your card, by by having Brock Lesnar embarrass your company, things along those lines. This isn't a sport, and that does make it different, but I still have to inherently be able to accept that the people that are competing are capable of competing. And unless something's changed drastically, Eva Marie can't do that. And for you to insult me as a wrestling viewer, by trying to force this because you're so invested in the idea of Eva Marie, the celebrity, that's you're crossing a line there. That's a real problem for me as a wrestling fan. Wow. I did not expect for uh, us to go 15 minutes or 20 minutes on Eva Marie or whatever. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to get this worked up about Eva Marie because it's fucking Eva Marie. Right. But like, the the notion of her getting a program with Becky Lynch, a Becky Lynch, an actual program. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can't, <laughs> the, the, everything that we're accomplishing in, in the, the women's revolution, right? Like all of the things that we've said so positively that yes, it sucked. And you know, the team thing was awful, but look at what we got out of it. Well, if what we got out of it was Eva Marie fighting for a championship on SmackDown, there was no women's revolution. Piss it all away. (laughs) Everything you've done, if you give Eva Marie that opportunity, you are giving a middle finger to everyone. Everyone, mostly to all of the women that have busted their ass to try to get it to this point. It's it's not funny. It's not a funny bit. It's an embarrassment to the product that, that you're working on. So... 
There, sorry. All right. I Anyways, I, uh, I, I, the reason that I originally brought up Eva Marie was because I was trying to illustrate the point that I feel like they're setting up some things for the September, like the individual September pay-per-views, not just looking at SummerSlam. And uh, the illustration of that I was going to say was Cesaro. We have no idea what he's doing at SummerSlam. Maybe well, he's facing Sheamus. Right. He's probably not doing. But they're definitely setting something up with him, and I feel like that something is going to be in September, and. Uh, I don't mind it. I don't mind the fact that they're like, okay, we, we can have these in reserve yeah. for for these September pay-per-views and actually possibly planning in advance a little bit. Um, You know, I, I hear you. I, I, I don't know what that is, and I, I don't know as if it's as much that or if it is we've got three hours of a program and these are the people that are on the program, so we have to use them. Um, I, 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 I don't feel... I, I hear you. I guess I just don't feel that much better about Cesaro today than I felt about him three weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like, have you done have you done anything for Cesaro? Maybe I'm just being too negative right now. I, uh, yeah, you're 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 give me time. The Eva Marie thing really brought <laughs> me down. Like, it really brought me down because that's a big problem for me. But I, I I do still have an inherent. I do not trust the writing. I've never trusted the writing. I have no reason to trust the writing. So I hear you saying that, and I hope you're right. But I'd love it I, if uh, Cesaro, d- you know, like it, it does something where he forces a trade or something. He says, I'm not going to work for Raw anymore. Trade me to SmackDown. You know, like go do something like a holdout type situation. That would be good. I, I think that and, and they set it up. They set it up where he's clearly, you know, from day one, he was not happy with Raw. You know, right after the draft, he, he did the interview. He was not happy being drafted to Raw. He's still not happy. Daniel Bryan was like, hey, we'd like you over here. I'd love it if right after SummerSlam, he comes out and he's like, you know, he's supposed to do a match. Comes out, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not working for Raw anymore. You haven't seen my potential. Trade me to SmackDown or else I'm not working. Well, you know, or he just says, I'm leaving. Like, I'm out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what's the repercussions for that? You know what I mean? Like, that Daniel Bryan's supposed to say, no, we, we can't have you because you're Well, I, I think you do. Yeah, I think you do have to establish that you can't just jump for nothing because otherwise yeah, I, mean, I, I would i would like for that to be the case but you have you have to establish you, you need to say there there is otherwise guys would be just be jumping back and forth without any repercussions well you, you, i mean that's but, gonna happen well <laughs> that's a problem you've said it's a problem yeah i mean that's gonna happen anyway so that's what it is it's what it is um, um what I, else do we need to touch on uh i don't like mech as an authority figure I, yeah, I, I mean, really, I, I think it's, I think that I, I've always had a problem with face authority figures in general because right. it, it's hard for them to pull off. But Mick, he just wasn't good this week. Like the whole Sasha segment made no sense. You know, he goes, oh, well, you know, we want to see a one-on-one match. It's all anybody wants to see. So we're going to put you in a situation where right, maybe where it it's yeah. like none of that made sense. And then the whole Cesaro yeah. situation it also didn't make a whole lot of sense, and Mick, uh, it's just not good right now. It really no, is. I agree, and, and I, I don't necessarily disagree in theory. It, some of much of that is Mick's fault versus how much is that the writer's fault. I I don't know the answer to that, you know what I mean? But I, in general, I've never, I've never thought that Mick was a particularly strong authority figure. I don't think he's shown anything right now to make him look like a strong authority figure. But again, I, look, I I thought they were going to pull the trigger on Shane Triple H at SummerSlam. How how they f that up, I don't know. 
Uh, I guess they must be holding it for WrestleMania now, which is is fine because it's fine. But I just think that you could have gotten another Triple H match, and you know why why you'd pass on that? I have no idea. Um, ultimately, there's there's it's Stephanie's show. It, you know, it has to be Stephanie's show, and um, you know, ultimately setting us up for for Triple H Shane. How we get there? I, I've never thought that Mick was a long term guy. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like I never. Mick's never really long term in anything that he does. Well, Mick is there to promote Holy Foley, right? Like, that is why he's there. Coming with them, so uh, once they get that off the ground, once that starts running and the, that season kind of gets through, then yeah, I don't think that Mick is there for the long term, and I don't, I don't know that the GM concept is there for the long term. Versus trying to add one more kind of pop to to the start of the brand extension. I just do they need GMs? You know what I mean? Like, do, do they really? Or ultimately, at the end of the day, can it be Steph? It's 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 Stephanie and Shane who are ultimately answering for these was, shows. Was right? Stephanie on Raw this week? Like, I, uh, no, she I, and and that's why he's there. That's why a GM is there because Stephanie and Shane. Shane was on SmackDown, but um, they're not going to be on every week, and they want to have the authority figure. That that's why they're there. Yeah, but you can write around that. You know what I mean? Like Stephanie, oh, of course, can, you, you don't need an authority figure. Like, you, let's you, be you don't. You right. really don't. It's better. I do like. I think it. It's a. It's a good thing to have, but. You know, I, Stephanie can assign someone for a week. Hey, I'm gone. I I left Seth in charge. You know what I mean? Like she can do what she wants to do. Um, you know these 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 guys to me are not there to be long term options. They they're trying to figure out what they can do with Daniel Bryan, and you know this is good, and having him do the Cruiserweight Classic is good, but they've got to figure out a long term plan for him as well. Because I I just don't think GM is a long term plan. Name one GM that's been around for a very long time. Teddy Long. Boy, I, I guess I didn't watch SmackDown for so long. Teddy but... Long was around for about a decade. <sighs> all right, all right. So there's one. And and, and Bish, Bischoff had a, probably what a three or four year run. Was it that long, really? Yeah, it was. It was oh two to oh five, I think. Jesus. Yep. All right. Fair enough. Um, um Reigns. Yeah, what yeah. what what did you think of the Reigns segment? Um, look, I I I again, it didn't feel big, but it was fine. Um, I mean, other than my usual complaint in that sort of situation where Reigns was the heel in that situation. Well, yeah, we've talked about that a million times before, right? Like, but, Reigns was very, like, that was a dick thing to do. Come out and upstage a bride at, a, at her wedding celebration. Like, no, that's a dick thing to do. But you've established that she's being over the top, that she's being a princess, that she's bring, being a diva. So it's, I, I hear what you're saying, but you have established that she's right. not being a good person, that she's not doing this. Right. With with wholesome, you know, the thoughts in mind. This is she's doing this to be an asshole. So you know, putting a stop to it is a is a good thing. You know, there's a little bit of a blurred line situation there where I don't know if it's it's as there've been plenty of times where they've done things like this where I've been with you and I've said there's there's no questioning who the face is and who the heel right. is and it's not who they want it to be. Right. Um. But this time, you know, like it's that there was some ambiguity there because they were. They were acting like assholes. Well, because Rusev and Lana are just so good at being heels. Well, and right, and that's that's what makes us so good. And, and as I said, it's been a good thing for Roman Reigns. The problem becomes... SummerSlam is in Brooklyn. Well, that's one of the problems, yes. The other problem is that you can only go so long having him work with Rusev. Right. At, at some point, he has to work with somebody else, and that next somebody else might not be as strong of a heel as Rusev in order to keep him... Over the other thing I've, I've said for a while, if this is the plan, if 
I'm hoping that this leads us to a Reigns heel turn at SummerSlam. But if it doesn't... I don't think it is. I really don't. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking that more and more, right? Like, more and more, it doesn't look that way. It looks like they're still invested, and they still view him as the guy. And if that's the case, they need to keep him non-threatening for a while. I mean, not a pay-per-view cycle, not a couple of months, not a program. I mean, like, they need to keep him non-threatening through WrestleMania. He cannot be threatening before WrestleMania. You keep him on lower portions of the card. You feed him solid, um, you know, heel types as much as you can. Kevin Owens probably at some point. You know, maybe Jericho at some You feed him as many of those guys as you can. You keep him away from the championship picture through WrestleMania. Did you see the Meltzer report uh, today? What? Oh, you, you'll love this. Um, the report is... Uh, Rusev is to reignite. Basically, is to reignite him, and he's going straight back up. Yep, and that's then. Then you're gonna you're gonna do it all to yourself one more time. This is you're just asking for this. You you can't. The guy has to chase for a while and has to feel failure for a while in order to come off as a baby face. It, this is a this is a simple wrestling thing. Chase for a while, lose a few times, suffer heartbreak, and then next year after WrestleMania, once you give people whatever they want at WrestleMania, and then you reintroduce them into the picture after that. And you've done everything in your power to to, to make him non-threatening, to make people come around a little bit on Roman Reigns, and then you interject him at that point back in the title picture. It, it doesn't surprise me at all that they want him right back into the, the top spot because they've been obsessed with the idea of Roman Reigns being in the top spot. Like you're asking them to throw away every plan they've had, not just for a champion, but for the next face of the WWE, and that's difficult. But you gotta do it. <laughs> I it, it's just these are the writing issues, and this is where I don't. It's even hard to blame the writers because it's clearly an edict from the top. This is the way it must go, so you have to figure out a way to write it, and it's impossible. It's impossible to do. You cannot convince people that they like Roman Reigns simply because he worked one program with Rusev. He's one program with Rusev removed from being despised, being not 50-50, not being just absolutely obliterated. This, mm. I mean, it's the least surprising thing you could tell me, but I'm still yet somehow disappointed by it. Yep. Um... Boy, what else happened on Raw? Anything interesting? Um, boy, that's, that's a great question. Ne- Neville was the only other thing, though. though. Yeah. I, I, I'm assuming that they're using Neville and Sincar. My guess is it's going to be kind of a, we're going to kickstart the Cruiserweight division. We're going to have like maybe a little feud between them, mm-hmm. especially with Sincar coming out in all black. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of have a, a feud between them, and then you bring in the Cruiserweight Classic guys. And that's how kind of you kick off the division. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, no Sami Zayn again. Oh. Right. That's true. And also another Titus Darren match. And I think another week closer to sort of realizing they have no plan for Darren Young. That oh, this yeah. is, no, they, they have no th- th- this is nothing. This is I, a, that, that doesn't, that's not surprising in the slightest though. No, it's not surprising. It, it's disappointing because when they put him in the number one contender spot, I guess I just hoped 
maybe they were finally sort of seeing the light a little bit with Aaron Young and what that value could be to the company. But no. I think it's just obvious they have no idea what they're doing. They, yeah. they're, they're just week in and week out, and they're, they're not even utilizing Bob Backlund in any way. He's just sort of there. Um, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I like I like Darren. I like Titus. I think it's, you like Bob. <laughs> I like Bob, right? I think it's just criminal that you can't figure out how to make these guys reasonable. You know, that's all I'm asking for: yeah. competent. And, and it's just so rare that we get that out of them, and that's just so disappointing. It's just so so <laughs> sad to me that we can't get more from those guys. Also, the other thing that I'll say too is that like a week ago we sat here and talked about how you know Kevin Owens is you know the greatest performer. Again, this goes back to like I hate bitching about this because I like all of these guys, but I like Kevin Owens better not having Chris Jericho's back. I like Kevin Owens, the lone wolf. I like Kevin Owens, the guy that literally only cares about Kevin Owens and nothing else. And I, I, I get it. Like it's Enzo and Cass, so you have to have a second person. You know what I mean? Like. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have there just be a match between Kevin Owens versus Enzo and Cass. Like, that's that's illogical. But you've yet to really portray to me why this person cares about Chris Jericho, why they should care. You can say it's a Canadian brotherhood and all that crap. But, like, everything about you says you don't care about anyone else. The, mm, I just... I don't know. And I get it. Like, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure we're getting a, a Owens turns on Jericho type of moment. I, I get, I know that we're getting it. I don't know it's, that we're getting it. I really don't. We have to, don't we? Not, I could, I could see them. They, they lose at SummerSlam and they just kind of go their separate ways. <sighs> I think it'd be a really bad decision to have them. Lose I mean, but what, what's the, they're not having Enzo and Cass lose right now. I, how do you have Kevin Owens lose? Like what? You just had Kevin Owens lose. I know. How do you keep doing it? Because he's Kevin Owens, and they think he can withstand. It doesn't it. matter. Nothing matters with Kevin Owens. Yeah. He's he's that. I mean, he's that good of a performer. I hear you, but I I still. I mean, I just I can't give him another. Law. I mean, I mean, here's the problem. If if Kevin Owens, unless it's to send Jericho away for a little bit, mm-hmm. what's the purpose of Owens really turning on Jericho? To remind everybody that he's Kevin Owens. Are, are they going to feud? Um, I don't know that they have to. I mean, Wait, I think... If 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 it's a full turn, like you're you're saying, he attacks them after they lose or something like that, right. then yeah, I think they have to feud if, if that's what it's going to be. That's why I think they just kind of go their separate. Along with that, to me either. By the way, I mean, it does mean that one of them can't isn't a heel. And well, that's... yeah, I mean, if you if you're putting Jericho as a face, we just saw what happened with right. that. Right? No, I hear you. I, I just. I, this goes back to my disappointment, and again, I know I like all these people. I, I should like this more, but it it just to me works against the, the 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 work that you've done to portray Kevin Owens is great, and and Kevin Owens is brilliant, and he's going to give you everything that he can give you. But I I just like Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns so much more than I like this right now. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I, I like the people. I like all of them. I want them all to do well, but. It it just makes more sense to me, and I maybe the problem is that in that situation, you know that Kevin Owens is just going to get absurdly cheered, and Roman Reigns is going to get booed like crazy, so you couldn't do it. But yeah, yeah, it just doesn't. I'm not I'm not feeling this the way that I want to feel everything that Kevin Owens is involved in. You know what I mean? Like I want if Kevin Owens is involved, it's the greatest thing ever, and this right now feels just. 
it's just sort of awkward, man. <laughs> like, Kevin Owens, why would he have anybody's back? It makes no sense. All right. Um, um, let, let me run down SmackDown just real quick with you. Yep. Let's just uh, give some of your opinions. Uh, the the top story, the, the title picture you had, uh, Bray Wyatt actually kicked off the show and kind of talked about how he was a god and Ziggler only beat him because he had to ram his head into the steel and stuff. Uh, Ambrose came out to confront him, which, uh, and then Ziggler kind of came out as Ambrose looked like was going to run into the ring. So quick brawl, which ended with, uh, Bray pulling, uh, Ambrose into a super kick by Ziggler. Okay. Tag match at the end of the night between those two teams. Uh, Ziggler wins, uh, pins Rowan. And then at the end, Ambrose gets his revenge for the super kick by hitting a dirty deeds on Ziggler. So, so did it advance either one of them as a heel or a face? No. That's weird too, but I mean, I mean a little like if if you want to say Ambrose had some heelish qualities, kind of similar to last week. Yeah, that's that's a weird thing to me, man. It's just a weird. I, again, I like it. I like the match. I like both these guys, so I'm in on it. But it, it's just a weird thing to me that the direction that they've gone is a little bit more Ambrose heel. Um, I, I think that's weird, and I think it's weird that they are featuring Bray Wyatt so prominently the past two weeks yeah, if he's but, not going to be involved with the match. Right, right. Like, it, it, yeah. Right now, this feud is more Ziggler-Bray than Ziggler-Ambrose. Odd. I mean, it's odd. I, I, I don't know what to say. It's an odd thing, but... It's, look, it's not the end of the word, world if it ends up somehow being a triple threat match. Oh, yeah, no, if it is, then, then this makes perfect sense. If it's a triple threat match... It then this makes sense. If it's right. a singles match, then it's weird. Right. No, well, it's weird. I mean, right now it's weird, but it, it could end up not being weird or, you know, or it could be what you're talking about with trying to set up beyond this month. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that they're trying to set up, hey, look, Bray is going to be involved. Bray, no matter Bray, what Bray is looming for backlash. Right. For they do have a wins. quick turnaround, don't yeah. they, to their brand? Three, take- three weeks. It's uh, September 11th. So. Yeah, so it might very well be that they're trying to set up. Oh, they're going up against week one of the NFL. Yep. Um, it might be that they're really just trying to set up, hey, you know, coming out of this, whoever wins, that Bray Wyatt is going to be there to be their first opponent, you know, at that at that first pay-per-view. So It's very possible. Very yeah. possible. Um, let's see what else did they do? Uh, they did a, you know, bit with American Alpha. They're, they're extending American Alpha. They beat up jobbers again, but three other teams were surrounding rings. I just kind of supposedly scouting American Alpha. Uh, okay. Vaude Villains came out, Ascension came out, and the Hypros came out, and then all the teams brawled at the end. So, so kind kind of just setting up the tag division. Right. And, and uh, presumably a title belt or, you know, something. Yeah. Who knows exactly what's happening with that? Um, Boy, not a ton else happened. Rhino had a great bit. They, Rhino squashed Keith Slater because Keith Slater was going to fight for a contract or whatever. Okay. And uh, Rhino said the re... Because Keith asked, was like, hey, just lay down for me so I can get this contract. And Rhino said, no, I, I have uh, constituents to impress uh, since good. he won his election. That's, good. that's uh, good. I like it. Yeah, that that was a good bit. Um, We talked about Eva. Uh, Carmella got no reaction again, but she beat Natalia. Plainly, which was interesting. That's ugh. okay. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. All right. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'll watch it at some point this week, and I'll have an opinion about it next week. But I, I just, I, my gut is the Olympics have a lot to do with it. It just, it just, this did not feel like a very good week for for TV, and that's fine. You know. Oh, I mean? and uh, I I forgot. Uh, Orton faced Alberto Del Rio. 
And uh, interesting, it wasn't just a clean Orton win. Uh, Del Rio ended up getting himself disqualified by hitting Orton with a chair. Then at the end, Orton RKO Del Rio. But that was an interesting decision that they didn't just have him mm. beat yeah, Del Rio, which seems to me like they want Del Rio to be near the top of the card. That That's what it says to me, at least. Um. Okay. I mean, okay. I don't, I, I, I don't know why, <laughs> but... I mean, he is established. He is one of the most established guys on SmackDown. That's fine. I hear you. I just don't. If I, if you're putting, if you're setting up Ray Wyatt to be the next guy, right? Like, when does Del Rio get involved? Right. You know, there, there's still also, by the way, John Cena and AJ Styles. Like Del Rio seems like he's probably more likely about sixth or seventh at best in the pecking order. So. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. All right. There you yeah, go. That, that's that just I mean, did they do anything with AJ and Cena other than I know they they kind of replayed what happened last week, but uh I don't know that they did anything with it. Yeah, they just kind of talked about Oh, and uh Baron Corbin beat up Kalisto in the back at one point. He okay. I him. like Baron Corbin. I like where they're going. I hope I hope that continues. Yep. Let's um let's grab a break here. You're going to come back in and talk to Bill after. That's right. I'm going to go pee. Because I really need to pee, and I'm hoping that I'm going to pass the stone. Well, there we go. Um, When we reconvene, I don't really know if we're going to do like a full third segment, but we'll at least come back in and chat one more time and and maybe talk about some things we haven't talked about yet. Sounds good. Um, No AJ this week, but that's Aaron Oster. I'm Glenn Clark. This is Jobbing Out. Our friends at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square are open for business with two all-new drive-thrus, a faster, high-tech kitchen, and a totally remodeled dining room. To you, it all means faster service and an even more comfortable place to eat. The next O's Day at Chick-fil-A is August 22nd. Wear any genuine Orioles gear and get a free sandwich all day. That's Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, just off Campbell Boulevard in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center. And don't forget Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square for all of your Catering need. Welcome back to Jobbing Out. Aaron Oster here, and Glenn, well, he had to go do some things, but you know what? I have a huge upgrade over Glenn and over AJ. You know his name. Bill Apter, you may know it from PWI, the so-called After Mags. You may know him now from OneWrestling.com. He's going to be part of Mania Crawl and signing his book is Wrestling Fixed. I didn't know it was broke, broken. Bill, uh, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate well, it. Thank you, and I appreciate you saying that uh, I'm an upgrade there. Well, uh, so maybe you know, maybe we can just make this a regular gig. Hey, if if that's the case, I have absolutely no problem with that. Would love to have you on every single well, week. We'll, you we'll know? have to we'll have to work out our contract and uh, you know go to lunch and contact at the lawyers and, you know, the whole thing. Well, hopefully you won't be as hard to get as uh, Paul Heyman apparently is being with uh, WWE over the past few months. Well, oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And, you know, Paul was one of the uh, photographers back for our, when I was uh, doing the magazines pretty regularly in the early days, in the 70s. Uh, he was, and I'm on his DVD. I don't know if you saw the uh, uh, his DVD, but uh, I'm on there quoting being quoted um, on video saying he was a pain in the butt. He <laughs> to elbow us all out of the way, me, George Napolitano, and Frank Amato, to, uh, to get all the great shots at the, at the shows at the Garden. But he was really a really nice guy.
guy. He had a, a terrific personality. He had what we call schmaltz. <laughs> and uh, and I think that's what's uh, uh, taken him to the high levels of the business that he's gotten to. Good as a photographer and good as an advocate, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. He, but back then he advocated for himself. Well, he still advocates for himself very often. It's just that it also happens to help Brock Lesnar and the other uh, Heyman guys out there. Wait, wait, say that. Uh, it's Barack <laughs> Barack, you are absolutely yeah. correct. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely correct. Not to be confused, Barack Obama. This is true, though they, though they have uh, done that quite often on yeah. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Yes. But uh, you know we're we're coming off of SmackDown here. You just uh, you're you're writing it up right now. You just uh, finished watching it. What do you think of SmackDown this week? I think it was really good. I, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the show. Had a lot of uh, surprises and uh, um, good action and good storylines. There wasn't too much talking. Uh, it was good. It just seemed like a a bright new show. And Mauro and Aldo, you just you, you know you just can't uh, get any better in terms of the commentary. And that new girl, what's her name, Kathy Kelly. Mm-hmm. It is really good. Yeah, she she's good, especially yeah. considering she's you know she's not that you know familiar with wrestling. She just started getting into wrestling recently, I believe. But yeah, uh, yeah she definitely looks good. And... She's got a good look for it, and uh, and I like to see you know they've got Renee Young, and I like to see more you know female uh, backstage interviewers. Yeah, they definitely seem to have been uh, trying to get the the backstage interview more prominent sort of like it was back with mean gene yes, back absolutely. in the day uh trying to get that backstage uh interviewers really going in what, what do you think of the dolph ziggler situation they had him be you know they have him as number one contender right now but bray white is being more prominent on smackdown right now than dolph ziggler well is. he's dolph ziggler is starting to look more and more when it when i don't see his face and he's doing that super kick uh, he's looking more and more like uh sean michaels or invented in a way he, re- he really does um, I, I like what they're doing with him. You know, he's been around uh, for such a long time, and they're creating, you know, more and more evil of uh, Ray Wyatt. So I, I like where this is all going. Do you think that they should almost go in a just complete, you know, they've been teasing kind of a Shawn Michaels thing, giving the super kick, came out in a few months ago in kind of the Shawn Michaels gear. Do they just need to say, all right, look, you are 1994 Shawn Michaels, now go well, out they and they can, and they, maybe they, they've done that, because, you know, the, the audience changes every Ten or twelve years, and you know the new kids coming in and watching now don't know who Shawn Michaels is unless they watch the WWE Network, which is only nine ninety nine. Of course. <laughs> uh, do you think that it might have been a little bit? I, I've kind of been arguing with uh, the other guys a little bit that the way they did it with Dolph being almost so irrelevant for the past eighteen months, and then just quickly pushing him to the title shot. They probably they could have done something a little bit more with him over the past few months before giving him the tile shot. Uh, do you agree with me, or do you think that uh, you know I it's like fine? I like what just they're to... doing with it. I yeah. like that you know they, that they kind of made him uh, you know the, the hard not the heartbreak kid but the hard luck kid. Mm-hmm. He just kept getting defeated by everybody and all that down on his luck, and now all of a sudden things are starting to look better for him. So no, I I, I like it. I really do. How about the uh, women's division, especially what they're doing with uh, Eva right now? Oh, tremendous, tremendous. I mean, she's, uh, uh, yeah, it's just everything seems to be firing right right now going to SummerSlam. Yeah, it, it really does seem to be, you know, definitely a different feel from normal SummerSlams. You know, you look at years past, they really tried to get the, the high profile going, but this just seems like, you know, a very solid card top to bottom from SummerSlam with well, maybe not the what? marquee matchups, what? but really good ones. 
you know, if it's in New York or Philadelphia or Boston, you've got a very tough crowd behind you there to, to satisfy. And I think they're, I think they're, they also know what kind of uh, audience that they're, they're dealing with in person as well. And the audience helps make the show. You don't want a dead crowd there. You want a vocal crowd. They're trying to give them the best, uh, uh, the best show that they can. Yeah. What, what about the uh, other title match, giving Finn Balor the just immediate push? He debuts. He becomes well, not number one contender because it's a vacated title, but getting the title shot right off the bat. Well, you know what? If finally, a lot of people say the WWE doesn't listen to the fans. In this case, they're listening to the fans. They really are. Because they, they, the fans really want this. They've been begging for this. Yeah, did, did it surprise you at all when he uh, won that match? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go all the way. Uh, because it's bringing that new blood, that they're looking for that change. It's a new generation starting. And what better way to do that with is put the most high-profile guy that everybody's talking about at the top of the line. Uh, of course, you know, this is all coming because of the brand split. What was your initial reaction when you heard about the brand split? And for, obviously, we're only three weeks in right now, but how do you think they've executed it so far? Well, first of all, they're not calling it a brand split. I, I don't mean to correct you, but everybody's saying it's the brand extension. Extension, uh, yes. I wasn't sure because it didn't work the first time. So, but I didn't feel about it this time. Uh, they are, they do seem like two different, two different brands two different shows so uh, I'm, I'm enjoying having the varied talent with different guys on monday night and different guys on tuesday and girls yeah what, on tuesday night what do you think is going to be the important thing in making sure that this works you know it's very easy it just started we're going into one of the biggest shows of the year but once we get into september october november what's going to what do you think is going to be the key to uh sustain the success um keeping both shows fresh that's really, it's, it's very easy, keeping it fresh, good storylines, keeping people wanting to come back and watching the TV shows. What, uh, is there anything in particular that you would really try to harp on? You say keep it fresh, and it's kind of hard to keep it fresh when so many of these guys have been around. Granted, we have the new blood in right now, but uh, how would you keep it fresh? Uh, I'm, I, it, I wish I had the answer to that. Um, that that's up to the, uh, the writers uh, to do that, and the talent to be at their uh, peak performing level each week. And that's pretty hard because they're on the road all week, and they got to be at their best when they're in front of those cameras. Bill After with us right now from OneWrestling.com. You may remember him from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, where it was dubbed the After Mag. Now, and do you know who dubbed that? Who did that? It was Dave Meltzer. Really? And, and, and I used to call Dave from the Wrestling Observer, and say, please don't call them that, because I'm a part of many great teams. But he said, you're the guy out there. You're the guy on TV. You're the guy everybody sees. And that's how they became the Aftermags. Yeah, but, and it's still, it's still to this day known as the Aftermags. Just, yeah, and, and, and I've been with them in like 19 years already. <laughs> uh, but is it is it... Do you still view it, you know, you ne didn't necessarily want it, but it's it very much an honor to be known for that, to be known for something. Do, do you view it that way, or is it just something like Yes, I do. I do, but I don't want them to, I'm honored by it, but I want them to know that along with me comes Craig Peters, Dusak, Bob Smith, Brandy, um, 
and, and so many other people that were on uh, Joe Rua and all these people that were on our were on our team uh, and teams, various team, teams through the years on Long Island and over the years in Pennsylvania. You know, how has it changed? Back then you did PWI, you started in A, there weren't a whole lot of them out there, but obviously the the fan base has changed. How has it changed over the years being a wrestling journalist? Um, well, but, but my success in this business is that if you don't change with the times, uh, you'll get left by the wayside. I, I find good in everything I see. Uh, the journalism has changed greatly because... Uh, I was back from the days when they were magazine-based. Now everybody's got an opinion. Everybody writes on the Internet. And a lot of writers, or so-called writers, piss a lot of the people off. They're just like they, they don't handle things professionally. You can say that you know someone's match wasn't up to par rather than saying so-and-so sucked tonight. You know, that person's reading that or the... WWE or TNA or Winnipeg or whatever uh, company is reading that, and it's insulting. It really is. If you're going to want to be a journalist online, act like a professional and and write like a professional in terms of the the word usage. Don't you know? Don't tick people off. How is nice ways? There's nice ways to say something's not good. Yeah, and don't just look for the bad. 80% 80% of the stuff I read online, it's just, it's not and bad. Uh, how did you have to change uh, just your approach at, over the uh, over time? I had to become smart to, to the public that I used to say, you know, wrestling is a sport. Mm-hmm. And it is a sport because you have to be an amazing athlete to be a professional wrestler or sports entertainer. Uh, but I had to open up more and... Uh, you know, cover it now like everybody else knows about it. Uh, more like a, uh, you know, uh, like a, a soap opera uh, critic or something like that. You know, reviewing a show. When you first made that change, obviously it was such a huge difference for, for you in particular. Uh, when was it that you had to make that change? And, and was there any pushback from the fans who liked the fact that you uh, kept kayfabe? Well, I still keep kayfabe. What I do, as you can see by my interviews on OneWrestling.com and OneWrestlingVideo.com, that I I don't ask any you know questions that are really out of the box. My interviews are friendly. When I started with Wild Magazine, that's what made me change somewhat. But I still protect pro wrestling in a lot of ways. I still you know uh, keep in touch with a lot of the uh, the veterans and old timers and. Uh, there's still questions that I won't answer. You know, it's just, you know, why spoil it for people? I hate when I go to a show and I'll sit up in the, in the, in the mezzanine somewhere. And kids are really into it, and the parents are telling, oh, come on, it's all fake. You know, this time. Why spoil it? I grew up in, er- in an era where people thought it was fake, but they didn't know. But the word fake is wrong. It's athletic entertainment. Mm-hmm. People get hurt. So, you know, are the... Um, are the outcomes predetermined? Certainly, but you can't get there without that form of athleticism. 
What do you think of the fact that, you know, we are in, quote unquote, the reality era right now? They try to push up against, if not completely break down that fourth wall. And especially as someone who, who does respect kayfabe so much, what, what do you think of uh, kind of the past few years in wrestling? I put up with it. I just, like I said, I roll with the punches. I want to stay in the business. So, again, like I said before, you, if you don't change with what the business changes, uh, like, then you're left behind. And I'm not going to do that. I like what I see. You know, on TV, if somebody's watching Monday Night Raw, you can't tell me within three hours that you're not going to find something that you like. What happens in the ring uh, is faster and harder than it used to be, but what's changed is the window dressing that surrounds what goes on in the ring. But the people in the ring are pretty much doing the same thing. Is there a part of you that wishes, you know, you could put it back in the box and, you know, kind of no. get, get away from no, the reality you, era? No, absolutely not. you got to grow up and change with the times. You know, speaking... I love it when I, love it when I go on indie, to an indie show and it's just wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's fine, too. But I also like what we see today. You know, looking outside of wrestling, the uh, the big thing this weekend, and we, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. We're not going to talk about Donald Trump, are we? No, we are not going to talk okay, about Donald course. Trump at all. Uh, though he he did make an interesting WWE character. I want I was actually going to bring up uh, Conor McGregor and him taking shots at uh, the wrestling community and just the wrestlers as a whole responding. What did you make of all that? I I brushed it off. It's just. Useless. Just, I don't know. It just didn't interest me. It just move on. Did did did, yeah. you, did you think uh, the wrestlers were being worked a little bit themselves? Uh, maybe, but then again, you have to realize that the wrestlers have egos, and you know to have somebody in a uh, almost contrasting uh, business uh, knock you. You know, you got to stand up for yourself. Uh. You know, you are coming to this area. If he would have said, if he would have said that about me, then he would have heard that. <laughs> there we go. Uh, you are going to be part of Mania Crawl. Mania Crawl is uh, something we have taken part of back uh, this past Mania in Dallas, also Mania in New Orleans. Uh, me and AJ have gone to it, and it's going to be for SummerSlam in Brooklyn. Uh, what are you doing with Mania Crawl? Well, I am just. I just hit the tweet button here. New York, come see me and benefit Connor's cure. Connor's. I put Connor's cause, actually. I meant to put uh, Connor's secure. Um, but that's fine, I think. Uh, I'm going to be um, uh, eating with uh, fans, meet and greet. I'll also have my book, Is Wrestling Fixed? What's the answer? Uh, what, I didn't know it was broken. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'll also have my book. I'll be signing and selling my book and collectible baseball caps. And a percentage of each sale will, of course, go to uh, Connor's cure. But uh, I haven't done many signings in the New York area, so I'm, uh, I'm very, very psyched uh, that I hope uh, uh, the people who uh, who follow me will come and say hello, whether you buy a book or not. Um, come say hello, and it's going to be a great, uh, uh, great event and a great summer slam. Absolutely. Is there is there any uh, one match that you're really looking forward to on this uh, summer actually, slam? Court? I'm actually psyched about the whole card. Yeah, I really am, from top to bottom. Yeah. Are you uh, also yeah, going? But of course, but of course, you know the the uh, 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 the Finn Balor match, uh, and 
And I'm glad that the fans are... I, I want to see if Roman Reigns really gets his uh, chops busted by the Brooklyn audience. Oh, you got to think that it's going to be just completely deafening, don't you? With, it with, is, with the Brooklyn audience, with the already predis- <laughs> predisposition there? Yeah, yeah, but it seems to be changing a little bit on TV now. I think it's a little bit, but it's also not the same. You know, it's uh, Anaheim, which isn't necessarily the the smarkiest of crowds as opposed to Brooklyn. <laughs> no, Brooklyn is, a t- like I said, a tough crowd. But I, I grew up in Queens, and I was in Brooklyn a lot. They did a lot of girls from Brooklyn. So, yeah, they, they, she was tough. Yeah. She was tough. She was tough. But it's a tough crowd. What, what do you think of uh, Rusev and Lai? It seems like they're, they're nuclear heat together, but... When it's rains, I don't know exactly how the uh, the balance is going to be. Rusev is too late. He should have been around the days of Bruno San Martino. He would have been an ideal opponent for Bruno San Martino. I think he's an excellent uh, worker in the ring. Uh, I love his facial expression, too. Um, yeah, very anxious to see that. And... Uh... If if you were Vince, what would you do with Roman coming off the uh, the steroid or we don't know the performing enhancing drug suspension? Uh, he already you know was getting booze before. What would you do with him if you had the choice? Well, you know it's amazing that they they, they had Seth Rollins talk about that um, during the suspension. So I think it almost um, has uh, and I hate to use the word enhanced. <laughs> and it, but I, I think it almost enhanced uh, uh, what they're doing with Roman Reigns. Enhanced in uh, what way? It, well, the fans, you know, uh, are like, you know, he just came back from a, from a wellness violation. So they're curious what they're going to do with him. I think, Vince, I, I, I think Vince is still very high on him. I really do. Yeah. I, that's another bad set of words. <laughs> but it mean it that way. I'd also like to mention that, if you don't mind, that the book is still on sale. Um, you can go to Amazon.com and get a copy of the book, and I'll sign it there. Um, the audio version, spent 19 and a half hours in the studio recording the audio version. That will be out on August 16th if people go to audible.com backslash after. And uh, beside uh, a video call, which I can't wait to come to, uh, September 24th, I'll be hosting the Legends event at Maryland Championship Wrestling. So um, uh, I can't wait to see all the people that uh, uh, are fans of mine uh, there in the Baltimore area. And uh, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. Of course, we're very close with Maryland Championship Wrestling here on Jobbing Out. Uh, Tribute to the Legends is going to be so many great people. Uh, how, how often do you get to, I know you do do a lot of conventions, but uh, how often do you get to see groups the groups of guys who you c- might have covered in the past? Well, I just got back from Charlotte, North Carolina, from uh, Greg Price's incredible uh, NWA uh, uh, Legends Fan Fest. And so it's every few months that I go to some of the conventions. And it's great to be with the family again. Charlotte had a really uh, goosebumpy feel to me because I spent so many years uh, in the Jim Crockett area, and that was one of the first places that put me on uh, TV when I was on WTBS on a lot of his shows. So it was very special. And the same thing in Baltimore. I used to go to Baltimore a lot, so I can't wait to get back there. And I'm a member of the uh, – I'm inducted into the MCW Hall of Fame several years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be uh, going to be very nice to uh, 
to come back there. When you see these guys, are is it always you know warm and fuzzy, or are there some guys who still hold a little bit of grudge because of where you might have ranked them in the magazine? Yeah, that's interesting. There are one or two guys that still uh, hold the grudge, but for the most part, it's all warm and huggy and uh, nostalgic. Um, I will be running some of the uh, interviews, uh, and then this week uh, I did one with uh, Ricky Morton, one with Mike Jackson. Remember Mike Jackson? I do remember Mike Jackson. At 67 years old, he performed at Greg Price's wrestling show there, and he was better than any of the young guys. That's really amazing. Was. He was incredible. Um, Bobby Fulton from the Fantastics, um, Woogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant. So I got a lot of those coming up on the uh, on the website. And again, people can go to One Wrestling Video, the number one, not the word, onewrestlingvideo.com, and that's where all the uh, videos are housed. And the, the most recent one is. Um, the former wife of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Lady Blossom, Jeannie Clark. Hmm. Um, that's on the channel right now. And she talks about her addiction to drugs for 17 years. Wow. Uh, and about Stone Cold and about the fans and lots more. And you can also, if you're going to the uh, MCW Tribute to the Legends, you can go to mcwprowrestling.com to get all the information and tickets. And it says right there, hosted by pro wrestling legend Bill Apter. Well, I appreciate that, but I'm going to be like Captain Lou Albano, who used to say, brother, I'm a legend in my own mind. <laughs> uh, anything do, you do, do, you, do you do any wrestling imitations? I do not, I'm not very good at imitations. Right. I mean, I do hundreds of them, but I'm trying to find... Uh, I always ask hosts when I do these uh, shows, and I love your show, um, but I always ask the hosts if they do any of them. Yeah, I'm just, I, for whatever reason, I've never been good at any sort of imitations. It's it's one of my few flaws. We're going to work on it in Maryland. Actually, I'll see you at Mania Crawl. So we're going to do that. We should have an imitation contest at Mania Crawl. There we go. Hey, Jamie, I know you're listening to this. Make this happen. And uh, Yeah, th- Jamie, let's get an area together and, uh, and get a uh, Mania Crawl wrestling imitation contest going. Hey, there there are going to be enough uh, drunk people, I'm sure. Knowing that crowd that I've experienced, <laughs> I'm sure there will be very, very into that. Now listen, I don't I don't drink alcohol. I never have. My drink of choice is a thing called sparkling ice. There you go. So, Jamie, uh, make sure that's there, too. To this, <laughs> if you can stop at your favorite uh, um, supermarket or whatever and get me uh, a bottle of uh, sparkling ice, orange mango, and uh, uh, peach and lemonade are my three favorites. So, uh, And if not... CVS has the generic brand. <laughs> well, Bill, I really appreciate your time. Uh, what, what else can we plug to you? Obviously, your book is Wrestling Fixed. I didn't know it was broken on Amazon, and you can go up to Mania Crawl, and I'm sure you'll have extra copies there as well. Oh, uh, I will. I will have a whole box, uh, a whole box of them there. There you go. So check out maniacrawl.com for all the details there. Uh, what about social media for you? Where can people find you online? Oh, of course, I'm on Facebook, but it says I have too many friends. But I'm on Twitter at After One Wrestling. Uh, that's the number one, not the. Uh, and there's no N in After. I get people who call me because of Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes used to say, "This is my buddy Willie Apter." <laughs> Apter. For years, people kept spelling my name A P T N E R. There's no N in it. A P T E R. One Wrestling at After One Wrestling. Well, Bill After One Wrestling dot com, a legend in his own mind and in reality. You are one of the uh, biggest journalists, and for for a guy like me who's now really starting to break in, definitely a guy who uh, I look up to, and hopefully 
you know, a ways away. I can one day come close to your stratosphere. Well, Doubt it'll happen because very few it's people a can. Business now because we had twelve wrestling magazines and I was in every one of them. So now everybody kind of gets lost at, in in the internet. But like I said, just don't take anybody off. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard these yeah. days, though. Very hard these yeah, days. But uh, really appreciate your time, Bill. Bye, and we'll see you at Mania Crawl. Absolutely, ManiaCrawl.com. Looking for licensed Orioles and Ravens jewelry for the sports fan in your life? Charles Newsonoff and Sons Jewelers. 8720 Sater Hill Road in Parkville since 1923. Charles Newsonoff and Sons has provided the Baltimore area with affordable fine jewelry, quality repair workmanship, and a total devotion to customer service. Looking to pop the question? Charles Newsonoff and Sons has designer mountings and certified loose diamonds. Prices that can't be beat for the perfect proposal. Download their new app, the Vow Engagement Ring Finder for iPhone or Android and search styles, get prices, and even upload a picture of your hand and try rings on virtually. Charles Newson Off and Sons, Orioles, Ravens Jewelry, and the Vow Engagement Ring Finder. Go to charlesnewsonoff.com or call 410-661-5050. Charles Newson Off and Sons Jewelers, 8720 Sater Hill Road in Parkville. Let's roll together. No one fights like Gaston, douses lights like Gaston. In a wrestling match, nobody bites like Gaston. <laughs> and when it's time to find home, we, we know the way. Thanks, Instagram. There you go. That is uh, The Rock with Lin-Manuel Miranda doing a little Disney tunes. That's pretty funny. That brings us back in here on segment number three. Of jotting out Glenn Clark back with you, Aaron Oster, who just chatted with uh, Bill Apter. Um, I did not pass the stone while you guys were chatting, by the way, if you were concerned, Aaron. I, I wasn't thinking too much about it. I was thinking about, I guess, Bill Apter going huh. to do a drunken impression, wrestling impression competition up at Mania Crawl, which yeah. sounds like oh, a good okay. time. Yeah, that's, that doesn't suck. That yeah. doesn't suck. That sounds like it should huh. be fun. So, yeah, Bill Apter, thanks so much to him. Uh, that was really great. And uh, he said that he kind of wants to take your job well, partnering with you me. you know what? Go at him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, no AJ, of course, this week because he's uh, getting ready for his uh, first uh, preseason game of the year with the Buccaneers. And we understand that uh, he's got an important uh, role. He's got to make sure that he makes the football team. And so we uh, we get that. We got to prioritize. And, and we will have AJ back with us hopefully next week, if not uh, very soon after that. In the meantime... Um, before we get out of here this week, because we're, we're not really doing a full show, as you can tell, I'm not there. I've been dealing with trying to pass this kidney stone. Even though with that, with, with that Eva Marie rant, it's going to be about the same amount of time. I mean, Eva Marie, or as we like to call her, the human kidney stone. There we go. That does a good nickname. You should, you should try to make that work. <laughs> um, there was one other topic that we didn't really get to in the first segment of the show that has been very prevalent um, throughout the course of the weekend, at least in the professional wrestling community. And that is some uh, some social media attacks from a particular UFC champion. Yeah. Yeah, Conor McGregor going after wrestling. This started in somewhat innocuously enough. Um, this started with Conor essentially, like, I, I don't think he really, like, intended for this to become a, a massive thing. As much as he just sort of wanted to do a drive-by, like wanted to take a shot at the UFC, at the WWE, and then kind of move on, you know, like that was the sense that I got. Um, it grew a life of its own because obviously 
two things happened. One, I'm sure a number of WWE performers felt like actually offended by it, but more importantly, they found it an opportunity for them to capitalize and, um, you know, like get make a name for themselves and, and continue the feud. McGregor ultimately said on Twitter, I didn't mean no disrespect to the WWE fans. What I meant to say was that I'd slap the head off your entire roster and twice on Sundays. That's that's why when you say he didn't know what, you know, he didn't think he was going to be that I, big. I, I disagree don't think entirely. Calculated that this I think that, I, I disagree entirely. I think this is well planned and he wanted this to happen. I think that he was trying to troll them. He was trying to make something happen. Because it's two weeks before a fight, you know, it's a little bit of a dead period for him. You know, the real kickoff doesn't start till next week. And all of a sudden, for 24 hours, he's the biggest thing in the sports entertainment world. Mm, Everyone's talking about him. I hear you. And and so it worked. I just don't know that this was a... I I have thought out that this is going to be a weekend-long feud. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Conor McGregor's a hell of a a salesperson, so, you know, I I might be completely off on that. But, um, look, ultimately, it's, it's good for everybody. It's good for everybody. Um, Connor gives the, the WWE attention in the process. WWE stars capitalize on it by getting involved in social media. People over the weekend while the Olympics are going on are, are talking about the WWE, talking about the UFC. It, it's To me, there's nobody loses here. This is a good thing for everyone involved. Um, and, and I don't, maybe it was planned out even beyond this, like maybe in, in conversations about Brock Lesnar. And... I, I don't believe that there, there are, there are some people who believe that this is going to be kind of the, the predecessor for a fight and, and maybe, you know, they'll reference back to it, but I don't think this is premeditated by either side as far as like an actual feud. I think this is, if, if it is premeditated, it's Connor just saying, Hey, I'm going to kind of troll these guys a little off, bit. Right? Yeah. I, I, I'm going to work them into a frenzy here. Cause you know. It worked. Oh, yeah, how... it worked, and it was good for everybody, and nobody loses in the process. And you know, I, it doesn't go anywhere, unfortunately, from here, unless you know, for some reason, Connor, as we had alluded to once before, this maybe is Connor's last fight. Like he's just not all that invested in the UFC long term, and there are plenty of people that have opinions about whether or not Conor McGregor is truly invested long term in the UFC. There are plenty of people that have those opinions. And maybe Connor views this as a way that, like, you know, he could jump over and and have crossover appeal. Maybe he wants to to go to Dana and say, "Dude, by the way, you know, I'm going to get a Brock Lesnar deal." You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm that powerful now that that you are going to allow me to. Um, and so I'm going to tell you these are when I'm willing to fight for you, and when I'm not fighting for you, I'm going to go to WrestleMania. Like that wouldn't stun me at all for Connor, and for what we've learned about him. As a business person, as someone who kind of doesn't give a flying fuck about anything, um, I, I would not be surprised if he looks at Brock Lesnar right now and says, well, he can get away with anything despite the fact that he got popped for an illegal substance. He can yeah. still get away with anything. So maybe I can too. And he's talked a lot about the ability to make more money, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if if he – has a thought that the WWE could be an option for him. That would not surprise me one bit. We have we did an entire show about the possibility. I I just if if at some point this year we found out that Conor McGregor wanted to do that, I wouldn't there would be no ounce of surprise. And I think that he has put himself in a position of power within that company 
particularly now that they've played the Brock card and the Brock card failed them, he's what they've got. Like, he's the star. Especially, yeah, I was going to say, it depends on Ronda if she can come back, if she is, you know, when her first fight is if it's as big as it was. Right. Right, and it's tricky because if Conor loses another fight to Diaz, like... Oh, yeah, his, his star you know, is faded. I mean, his star is... But, you know, he's still the champ. It, you know, it's still out of his weight class. There's still some things there that that could help him continue to keep his but star. But he's, he's, he's not that mainstream star. He, you, know, you can say, oh, he's out of the weight class, but, you know, a big percentage just don't care. They're, they're, they're watching Conor. They're not, you know, paying attention to the fact that he's fighting out of his weight class. They just know... Connor's yeah. fighting and Connor I mean, lost. You're, you're not you're not wrong, um, but I do think there's a little bit more to it than that. Like I just do. I I think that his appeal kind of is going beyond wins and losses right now. Oh well, um, for sure. But if you lose twice in a row, then the appeal is starting to be okay. Is is he really the the appeal is that he's the great fighter who can talk. If he's just the guy who can talk. Then that appeal is not near. Yeah, I don't. Appeal. I don't know, man. I, I I still think that he's incredibly valuable to the UFC, even if he. Yeah, I, I think he takes a hit, but I still think he's unbelievably valuable and might be valuable enough that he can get, he can force the issue on things. I, I'm just saying, if anybody can get away with it right now, they desperately need. Oh Connor yeah, Brown. I mean that's the thing. They need the start, and quite frankly, they need him to win. They need him to win. Well, yeah, I mean they they could really use him winning. There's no doubt about that. What I'm saying is. Win or lose, if Conor McGregor tried to force the issue and tell them, this is what I'm doing, this is who I am now, deal with it, um, he he just might be able to get away with that. He just might be in the position at this point in his career that Dana would have no option other than to say, all right, Conor, you know, to tell us what you want to do, tell us what your schedule is going to look like, and, and we'll work it out with the WWE, and that's the way we, it's going to go. We still so. take priority, but you want to chill out at WrestleMania? Right. Okay, you can do that. Right. right. Uh, Two other just real quick things, and that's uh, two guys left the company this week. One sur- one not surprising at all. One was a bit surprising. Uh, Ryback, officially gone now. Right, right. Um, you know, we, we saw this coming. He had left. He wrote that whole diatribe. Um, you know, we knew that unless he really got hit up hard up for money, he wasn't coming back, so not really yeah. a surprise and, at all. And, and he's made himself enough of a name brand that, He's going to have some options, so and, I think I he's mean, okay. He's already signed to an MCW event in November. He's yeah, signed yeah. for a couple. I think he's just going as the big guy, which, you know, okay. That works. That, yep. yep, that that yep. works perfectly fine. Um, one that was a little bit more surprising and I think flew under the radar a little bit was uh, Joey Styles getting released. Yeah, that's a bummer. I really like Joey Styles. Uh, I mean, everyone loves, you know, his commentating. Everyone loves him for that. But um, what he was doing with the website was really, really good. Like, I, I think that that, as much as anything has gone under the radar, just some of the storylines that has have been pushed through the website, just yeah. the redesign, just the, 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 um, the press releases, just how they set up and how they, I feel like they've used their site better than they ever have in the past, where before it was just kind of, you know, you go there for recaps, you go there for superstars, and now you can actually push storylines through the website, through articles, and that was largely joey style so it, it's really a bummer to see him gone no i agree it's it sucks it sucks but um you know a, a guy that that any wrestling company would be smart to have i, I was going to say i'm very curious to see where he goes right. because i mean granted uh in between ecw going away and wwe bringing him in like 
he became a fairly legitimate businessman. Like he was he had a good business going outside of wrestling, so it wouldn't shock me to see him get out of the business. But I think that every other company right now is lining up to at least see if he's interested in uh, coming in in some role. Right, right. And then um, I guess we got kind of like confirmation about Shelton Benjamin. It's, it's not happening. That really sucks. Yeah. yeah really, sucks. really sucks. I was looking so much to uh, him showing up and interacting Shoulder with Shoulder injury, and so it's just... I, I do uh, wonder, I doubt it'll happen because I feel like it's going to be, it's one of those things where WWE wants him now, but by the time he's healthy again, kind of the shine will, you know, they won't need the older guys to come in as much. Yeah. Maybe the Rumble, maybe. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd at, be cool. at least we know that they were at some point interested. Yep. But, and so um, why wouldn't they be interested if he's healthy again? Yeah, I hear you. But I, I, I could absolutely just see like they were like, oh well, okay, your time has passed. Right, right. This is when we we wanted you. It just didn't work out, and so no need now. No need. All right. Well, very good. Um, again, apologies for how this show came about. Just a lot going on this week, but we wanted to do a show for you. We did think about completely scrapping it, but um, so appreciate us, get... you, us, you bastards. Right, yeah, 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 deal with it, deal with it. And we'll have a, a more uh, a regular preview show next week as we get ready for uh, WWE SummerSlam. So that'll be coming. Aaron, you are on Twitter at? At the Aoster. And we are on Twitter. Jobbing Out Show. And our email account is? Jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. And what do you have coming up at the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? I got a whole slew of articles coming out for Rolling Stone. I don't know exactly what order, but I have. I finally have that Adam Cole interview finally running. Uh, I have something... Doing an interview tomorrow with uh, Chad Gable, actually. So Ooh, that nice. should, I think that should be running this week. Also, I have a, a profile with uh, Gabe Sapolsky that's uh, sitting there, and maybe oh. one other. But uh, yeah, just keep your eye on Rolling Stone because there'll be a lot of fun articles coming out in the next very, week or so. Very, very cool. Um, if AJ was here, he'd say he's on Twitter at AJFrancis410. Uh, he would also remind you about the Francis Sports Academy. He is the president and CEO. and uh, his father, Mike Francis, local high school basketball coach who has uh, achieved a lot in his career, is working on that with him. You can find out more at francissportsacademy.com. He'd also want to get in a plug for BJ and Miggs out on 99.9 KISW in Seattle. Love those guys. Love Ted Smith. Love the Miggs cast. Love the Megacast. Uh, just good people that have done a lot for us, so we always like to try to do a little bit back for them. So if uh, you came on board because AJ was playing with the Seahawks, Support those dudes out there in Seattle. I'm on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, my website is glennclarkradio.com. For thanks again to Bill Apter for joining us. For AJ, for Aaron, I'm Glenn. This has been Jobbing Out. <laughs>